Hi, welcome to Bite Sized, a cybersecurity Q&A presented by Crawler Mooring. Our goal is to take the complex world of government contract cybersecurity and break it down into bite-sized pieces. My name is Evan Wolf. And I'm Kate Growley. Happy New Year, everyone. Thanks so much for kicking off 2021 with us. Uh, every other week, we'll take one question that we frequently hear from our clients and give you a short, simple answer and explain why it matters. So Evan, today's question is, why is IOT so HOT? <laughs> but first, maybe. <laughs> but first, maybe Evan, we should start with the basics. Tell us, what does IoT stand for? The Internet of Things describes a network of of really physical objects which are embedded in technology. They can be sensors or software or anything that allows physical devices to be connected through any sort of communication and or sensor technology. Oftentimes, it's also called operational technology. And how does the government actually use IoT devices? What are some easy to understand examples out there? Yeah, so, I mean, the government really uses it the same way industry uses it in many cases. You know, the example that's often thought about is in the energy sector. It's the control systems that allow you to open and close valves of pipelines and or other parts of the grid. But they also could be devices that are used to secure buildings, such as your badge sensors or reading devices. Really, in, in some ways, I always think of it, anything that isn't a computer or server or router, I consider to be an operational technology or Internet of Thing device. The government definitely uses it in the security field, but they also use it in, in how they manage and, and monitor other devices. It's used all over the Department of Defense for everything from base security to building safety uh, and other devices. Got it. So then why are IoT devices such a hot issue right now for cybersecurity? Yeah, and, and this is sort of, it's an immediate sort of topic with a, a long history behind it because, you know, really over the last two decades, it's been the advance of the technology itself and that we use IoT devices more and more. We've been able to make the operation of, of infrastructure and buildings and equipment much more efficient with IoT devices. But we haven't focused on the security to the same degree we've been focusing on security of the traditional IT equipment. And therefore, we don't have secure code associated with IoT devices. And we don't always have things like firewalls and, and other security devices that are specific to them. And that's why it's just different and the attacks on them are often seen as, as harder to defend and harder to prevent because of, of, of the nature of the equipment themselves. There's been a general sort of discussion that most IoT or OT devices sit behind IT. So if you use the traditional you know, firewalls and endpoint detection tools, they will protect IoT devices. But that, that uh, in, in recent time doesn't always play out. And the last point is, the fact is they're, they're very easy to monitor and identify using uh, programs like Shodan, which is a website that allows you to map infrastructure that's IP addressable, often which uh, IoT devices are in, in a very simple way, and that, and that causes problems for both companies and government. So, Kate, turning the, the podium around, why should contractors care about IoT devices and IoT security? 
Yeah, well, setting aside the uh, the operational concerns that those security issues create, we actually now have some IoT legislation out there that is directly relevant to contractors. And I, I imagine that's why we've been receiving so many more questions about IoT. So last month, the Internet of Things Cybersecurity Improvement Act was signed into law. Uh, the law doesn't impose anything on contractors just yet but it does kick off this multi-year process that will eventually culminate in the first ever federal requirements for IoT devices. So what's happening now is that NIST, that cyber standards body that we discussed in our episode last month, they're now charged with drafting some new standards that will create security requirements specifically for federal use of IoT devices. Those standards are also supposed to include guidelines for what to do when someone learns that an IoT device may have a security vulnerability, so something that a bad actor could exploit, like what you were just talking about, Evan. That's all supposed to get finalized in the next two years, and that's when things start to get really relevant for contractors, because at that point, the federal government under this law is going to be prohibited from procuring IoT devices from contractors unless those devices either meet the NIST standards or they've got some sort of formal waiver from their customer to use them. So there's a lot of wheels turning and eventually this is going to be a just another cybersecurity regime that contractors are going to need to be concerned about. Well, since you said that is not going to take effect for two years, so we can, uh, and, and please don't press pause to any of the listeners out there because I do want to know what should companies be doing right now and what should they be doing to prepare for these new requirements? Well, importantly, there actually is already some guidance out there that contractors can think about when they're setting up their product lines for future acquisitions. So NIST has been pumping out quite a few IoT pieces over the past few years. Some of those are specifically called out actually in this new IoT Act as models that the final NIST requirement should be consistent with. So we're expecting that that will provide some useful insight into what these NIST standards will ultimately be requiring of contractors. Just recently, actually, NIST published some draft guidance on how agencies should consider security issues when they're folding IoT devices into their network. So even though there is a lot still to be done, there's also a lot already out there that contractors can look to when getting prepared. Since we're two lawyers talking about technology, let's talk about law for a second. Are there any laws out there related to IoT security that companies should be focused on right now? Yeah, so there are a handful of states actually that have laws on the books that do require any IoT device that's sold in those states to have what's termed reasonable security features. Of course, what reasonable security means is not defined in those laws. So that's another reason why this new federal IoT law is so interesting because the newness guidance that's going to come out of that could be useful for consumer-facing companies, including contractors who sell their products to the public and private markets. They can consider those when figuring out if their products also meet those reasonable security benchmarks under those state laws. Thank you, Kate, and thank you for joining Bite Size Q&A. We'll be back in your feed in two weeks with a new question and a set of simple explanations. If in the meantime, you have any suggestions for questions or just any questions for us, feel free to reach us. Uh, I can be reached at 202-624-2615 and Kate can be reached at 202-624-2698. This has been Bite Size Q&A.
a podcast brought to you by Kroll & Mooring. You can find more information at kroll.com slash cyberpodcast. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy our show, please leave us a review.